Welcome to Death Holler, the place of haunted hearts and haunted homes. We welcome you to Death Manor, the home that boasts the most ghosts. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Take a look around. You might see someone that you recognize. Do you hear those voices? That's just the Reverend Dr. Death and La Arena. They're so happy to see you. Sit back and relax. Make yourself at home, your new home. And remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you enjoy the show. So what's happening, Urena? I'm over here eating ice cream out of a grapefruit. Have you noticed that? That <laughs> did not. Fucking badass. It's a sorbet. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's grapefruit sorbet in a fucking grapefruit. I'm not even joking. This shit's amazing. How's Nothing that, to do uh, with our show whatsoever. Yeah. How's that affect your uh, sugar levels? Mm, not too bad, actually. That's pretty good. As I'm eating on. So professional. This is a good glimpse. See, you, you even get to see me on camera, how unorganized I am. So uh, do you worry about me is what I need to know. Do you wonder how I've made it this far? Uh, I wonder how you survived the uh, near death by pollen that you recently had, but you know. (laughs) Yes, we were supposed to record last week. And uh, as I gently noted to the Reverend Dr. Death, I was choking on ghost dicks. Um, And it sounds, you'll hear me clear my throat because I still have some ghost cum in the back of my throat, apparently, so. Well, that ectoplasm, it just sticks to every surface. (laughs) It sticks to everything. It's disgusting. (laughs) That's what's been going on in my world. Well, I took the time since we wasn't recording to uh, catch up up on the new movies that came out to the theaters. So I guess we can kind of bring those up. Uh, And both of them are controversial, too, which is a funny thing. Uh, tackling them in order, I guess it would be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, did you actually, did you watch that at all? No, but I know that I need to. I am interested in watching it. I'm not a Marvel fan of much. And I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, well, yeah. It, it depends on who you ask because uh, people who... <sighs> People who are really into Marvel movies and people who are really into horror movies are both like mad to like, I hate it. And people who don't care either way are like, that's pretty good. That's a different change for a Marvel movie. So it's, you know, that that's where the mix comes in. Well, I'm um, a comic reader and you get a lot of <laughs> horror from the comics. Usually. Yeah, they, they really played up the fact that it's Sam Raimi though. And uh, I... I did. There's like one scene in the whole movie that I felt like really encapsulated Sam Raimi, and the rest of it was more of a of a Marvel movie. And I don't know. I mean, to me, I went in way overhyped for it, and and it ended up in the mass side for me. But um, I just felt like that because. And the other thing that hyped me up, it wasn't even like the, tra- the trailers hyped me up in one way. They hyped me up thinking like, okay, they're going to just be jumping from you know multiverse to multiverse. We're going to see all this wild shit. 
spoiler alert, they go to three places in the whole movie, and one of them's kind of this boring in-between world. So Ew. you're, you're going to get the primary world. You're going to get this uh, alternative world where the Illuminati's uh, at, and you're going to get this weird in-between world, and that's it. That's what you got. Uh, so that was a disappointment. Well, you know Lyurina loves spoilers. Um, and I did read of what was supposed to be considered horror on this, and I was not impressed in terms of, like, that's considered horror. I guess if you don't like scary movies and for maybe the Marvel Disney universe, that might be considered horror, but... If the Haunted Mansion scares you, then yeah, you're gonna. This movie's gonna scare you. Hold on, yeah. cue the music. Cue the music. See, you know I could count on you. I mean, so it wasn't scary at all. Uh, yeah. So, um, there's actually Gen Z or whatever. I don't know what this new generation's called. Anyways, they're they were actually petitioning saying that the PG thirteen rating on the the Doctor Strange movie, the new one, was was too light that it should have been rated R because it was way too scary and way too uh, just uh, traumatizing as far as like what happens in it. Holy, okay, I have to see this now. Not well, no. There, that's the thing. That's the other reason I got high. No, no, no. I know it's I heard, not, but I have to see. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying like, there's all these people came out there and they were like, "Oh, you got it's so scary. You got to watch it." Anybody who's ever seen a horror movie at all, and especially people you know that watch it for fun, you know, you go into this and you're like, "What is your problem? You've got. I mean, these. This is like." I mean, just like seeing Halloween decorations at Spirit Halloween. If that <laughs> frightens you, then sure, yeah, go. I mean, run out of the theater. Could you imagine being that scared? <laughs> like, <clears throat> I don't. <laughs> I get, I get enjoyment out of how fearful I am of stupid things. Granted, I'm not scared of that, that to that level. But I think it's fun to get as scared as I get because I'm like, okay, it's exciting, and I eventually get over it. But could you imagine being that scared? I've not been that scared since I was like 11 years old. So no, I can't, I can't imagine. Like, <laughs> I mean, um, so yeah, I was mad on that movie. Uh, and like I said, I know some people loved it. The other movie that's really causing a big stir in the, especially in the horror community is the new Firestarter that just came out. The new Stephen King adaptation, man, is that getting trashed on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, wait, by who? By critics or by fans? Both. Oh, shit. We haven't had and one of those yet, really. Here's the funny thing. I I thought it was okay. Like, I didn't think, I mean, I, everybody in the horror community is like, this is trash. And, and, and here's the caveat. I did not watch the original. I have not read that Stephen King book. It's like one of the few that I've not read. And they say if if you've watched either if you've if you've done either of those if you've watched it the original or if you've read the book you will hate this movie because it's not only is it like a shot for shot remake but it's like not as like hardcore in like how it goes about things and you know and and it's kind of just you know and then it's got like some woke stuff in it too which yeah. is hilarious. Um, I, I want to talk about the woke stuff. I have to so. Spoiler alert, they kill a cat in the movie. Nope, not going to see it. <laughs> and it not only gets burned, but it's suffering and it has to get burned again. And whenever it dies and Zac Efron has to do a pseudo eulogy for it, um, 
he goes on about he he starts to say this cad he has gone on his way to the other side and he corrects himself and he said or she has and oh, then he corrects shit. himself a third time and says they have it's now, a I'm fucking sorry. cat it's a cat i don't know if cats identifying by other pronouns so that that's one thing and i think i would actually be offended if i did identify as they and they put that in the movie that's almost like a, you know like a boomer like trying to figure out what pronouns are and yeah. applying it to things that it doesn't apply to well maybe it was like okay maybe that was their way of quotation mark being woke but maybe it was also their way of shit talking being woke you can look at it in a positive way it could be now the other side of it is and this is really bad they they went so far with a diversity casting that they went to the other side, in my opinion. All of the bad people in the movie, all of the people that Zac Efron and Charlie have to fight are quote-unquote people of color, if you want to use that term. And it's kind of funny that the, you know, the white people are the good guys in the movie and everybody else it's of color is again. I, I don't know. They just went way to the other side to the point that it's racist, I think, almost. Do you so. think someone's going to write a letter? <laughs> You think I don't think anybody cares enough to write a letter, but I mean, uh, unless you want to write one, so no, I'm I'm not going <laughs> to write one. But okay, so Firestarter, I never. Okay, was it one of those? Okay, I'm. I have. To, I'm just so boggled right now because I'm like, I never thought it was that great of a movie. The original one. What do you think? What do you think of the original? Like I said, I never watched it because oh, okay. I kept seeing, I saw previews for it and I'm just like, nope, not, was, I don't, I, n- not my thing. It was supposed to be this m- wonderful, scary movie from back in the day. Okay, we'll get past that for now. <laughs> Moving on to, it's a complete, almost a complete remake of the original, which was not a great film. People are obviously trashing it. It's gone woke. Is it one of those films where the previews look better than the actual movie? Because the previews, mm. I was like, God, I would consider that when I watched the previews. You get what you what the previews uh, advertise. So, I mean, you know, if you go into it and you just want to see people burn, you're going to get that out of the movie. That's I didn't go into it expecting anything else. That's what I got. So, I mean, you know, expectations set near the rock bottom and you don't you don't get disappointed, I guess. Was it a La Urena snooze fest? Like, was there not enough action? Mm. No, it's pretty much got action throughout the whole thing. Okay, I might like it, I'm be honest with you. I could see me liking I mean, something like that, <laughs> except for, you know, the other. It's one of those things, if it was on, like, you know, I don't know, streaming on HBO Max for free. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Out, you know, whatever. Probably not going to pay to go uh, see it. If, if nothing else, the John Carpenter and his son Cody Carpenter uh, score that's done for the movie is awesome. Oh, I'm okay. actually halfway considering buying, like, you know, uh, like the recording of that because it's, it's actually really good John Carpenter music. Not bad. But that's probably the highlight of the movie is the music. So, uh, you know. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess it can, it can make a huge it can make a huge difference. It can make or break a movie. Music can break a movie for sure, but yeah. it sounds like it's pretty. I mean, it, you can only elevate a turd so much. <laughs> music. I mean, um, so that was that. I mean, I don't know if you have any more thoughts on that movie, but you know, I can move on to the last one that I saw that I that I, re- I actually enjoyed this last one quite a bit. So. Nope, let's go. And you probably wouldn't like this other one, but uh, <laughs> I sent you the the trailer for it, and you probably didn't even watch it. You're like, oh no. shit! You yeah, you did send it, and no, I did not. I've been a busy liarena. So I got in a, uh, cause I figured it would be good to review for like a, uh, a tag of the B segment. 
uh, a movie called uh, The Ghost Wait. A Ghost Waits. A Ghost Waits is what it's called. And uh, the the gist of it is is this. Uh, there's a ghost at the beginning of the movie that runs this family out of this house or it's, yeah, it's a house that's a rental. And then this guy sent to the apartment cause he's like the handyman for the, uh, you know, the people who rent the house out and he's supposed to fix it up. And in the process, the guy asked him to try to figure out why everyone of his, uh, you know, the people who rents the houses always like leaves and especially they leave in the middle of the night and they always leave their stuff and it has to be picked up later and he can't figure it out. So in the middle of it, the guy, you know, he meets the ghost, but then in the process, it's more of like a romantic movie because he actually like the two of them like actually end up liking each other. <laughs> but, but it's funny because it's got a little bit of that. Uh, what's good about it is it's got that Beetlejuice element because she actually works for a bureaucracy on the other side and she's required to haunt that house. Like, oh that's shit. Her job. It's her ghost job. Yeah, and, and it's his job to be the handyman, so they're kind of an impasse. Like, he's got to get the house cleaned up oh my to get more people in, and she doesn't want people in the house because that's her job is to keep it completely empty. So um, it's I, it was actually a cute little movie. I actually enjoyed it. And they got some good, like, little indie music in it, too. You're talking about the effect of music in a movie. Like, the guy who's the, the main actor, he can kind of sing. He might even be a, a singer, like, on the side, but... Um, they, they actually make a, a pretty, I mean, it's just the two of them through most of the movie and they actually do a really good job, you know, of, of interacting with each other and the, and the make it's all done in black and white. So the makeup doesn't have to be great, but they actually do a decent job of making her kind of creepy at times. So. Oh, okay. Um, full disclosure. I actually did watch, I want to say I watched part of the, of the, um, the preview you sent me because yeah. Okay, did it start off with a phone call from the buddy saying, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to find out yeah. why. Okay, yes, I did watch yeah. it, I, at least part of it. And I was, is this like a horror rom-com? Yeah, yes. Okay, okay, because yes. that's the element, and I was rolling my eyes so hard during the preview. <laughs> it's it's. It's got a it's got a neat ending. Like I, it 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 goes a place where it, I mean you get you get where it's going to go by the time it gets there. But it's still it's pretty impactful for that type of movie. It, you don't normally expect that type this, of ending. So. This is a movie that's right up my alley because I loved. Okay, I'm not going to compare it because I really thought it was a good book and good movie. But Warm Bodies horror rom com. Yeah. Okay, I yep. loved it. I can't believe I loved that book. So. Yeah. And the movie was really good for that, too. Yes, 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 it was. It, they did a good job. But that's on a different podcast for a different season, different episode. <laughs> but uh, it, highly recommended, but it will be on Attack of the Bees. So uh, you, I, I'll give you some time to try to find that and, and watch it before I spoil anything for you. All right. And I think we've got some uh, visitors at the door, so we better let them in. Uh, I guess we'll let them in. <laughs> Welcome back to Death Holler. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. Death. And when I'm not tinkering with my special glasses that allow me to see the spirit world and amazing illusion vision, 
I'm conversing with a ghost I've collected during my many travels. Speaking of, I would like to introduce you to the 13th haunt in this house, my co-host and the ghost with the most tragic backstory of them all, La Urena. How have the other phantoms been treating you this evening, Urena? I mean, I don't really bother with them, and I think it's really petty that they have to be seen with special glasses when I can just be seen all the time. <laughs> well, they haven't figured out how to use their powers uh, quite the right way yet, so... I mean, not that I want to be seen. I really... Do. Maybe I'm the one who doesn't know how to use my powers, but I think they're just little ghost bitches is what I think, so... <laughs> Um, today we're discussing the films, uh, at quotation marks, uh, plural here, 13 ghosts. Uh, and one of those might have that weird, stupid, uh, spelling that they th- elite speak spelling. That's got like a, the, the word spelled out, but like letters inside of it. We'll get to that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> originally released as a William Castle production in 1960. It was later reimagined by Dark Castle Films in 2001 and it's considered by many uh, to be one of the most consistently underrated horror films of the early aughts. So put on your special illusion-o glasses and join us as we investigate the recently vacated estate of an eccentric occultist. <laughs> <laughs> But first, a little bit of podcast business. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate if you could take the time to like, comment, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. It helps us get more visibility on podcast listings and helps us grow. We appreciate everyone who listens and hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, I think we're still uh, we're still alive and well in Denmark. <laughs> what about, uh, what was it, Slovakia before? We have dropped off of Slovakia. I'm not getting any updates about Slovakia. So either uh, we just like. Noah pissed him off. Yeah. He made too many jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so Denmark, um, we seem to be pretty steady in the hundreds right now. Not top 100s. We were. <laughs> <clears throat> we're just in the 100s. So we're, we're near the bottom of the bullet. Yes. Uh, and, you know, the hey, the fact that we're even on the charts is pretty awesome. So obviously they are liking and subscribing. What are the rest of you doing? <laughs> Start liking and subscribing. Or if they don't, they'll get attacked by some bees. Oh, attack of the bees. <gasps> what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah! Oh, no, my eyes. I love that every time. Every time. Um, so this Attack of the Bees is a movie called Housebound. Uh, it's a 2014 uh, horror comedy from, uh, I believe it's uh, New Zealand, uh, directed by Gerard Johnston. And uh, the principal players in this is Morgana O'Reilly, who plays Kylie Bucknell, who is a reprobate protagonist. She's literally caught stealing some money for assumed drugs or something in, in, in the first few minutes of the movie from an ATM. Um, not going to really know much of the stuff these people are in because they're all New Zealand actors and New Zealand, you know, properties. It's uh, She was in uh, some stuff called Mean Mums, This is Littleton, Neighbors, and Below. Never heard, never of, heard that. of them. Uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this, so we'll just go with it. Rima Tawiata. Uh, is plays Miriam Buckness, who is the mom and the paranormal believer in the family. Uh, she was in, I actually saw this movie, uh, in a movie called Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, did you ever see that uh, Deadpool 2? Did you watch that? I think I did. 
Well, it, it, anyways, the kid that he's like trying to fight throughout the whole movie, the the kind of the heavy set kid, yeah. the fat kid, whatever <clears> you want to call him. Yeah, he he's in that like he's in hint, the hunt for the wilder people, and he's kind of like this troubled youth in that as well. And like the, it's basically like this. Um, uh, I believe it's this old, uh, like his adopted father uh, t- tries to uh, take him, you know, on a run from the government or whatever for whatever whatever reason. I can't remember now. And uh, it's basically them like bonding as they, you know, they're trying to escape through the, you know, the wilderness or whatever. It's pretty. Uh, it's actually a pretty decent movie. That's like um, his uh, star character. That is who he is. He plays a troubled kid having daddy kid. issues. <laughs> well, I don't know. He must just have that face. I don't know. Yeah. He, but he, that's, that's what he plays. Uh, also, she was in uh, This Town and The Breaker Uppers. I assume that's some kind of New Zealand sitcom. Um, we've got Glenn Paul Waru, who plays Amos, the parole officer and amateur paranormal investigator in the movie. <laughs> And uh, he was in something called Russian Snark. I have no idea what that is either. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go off on a limb here and say it's about a Russian Snark. Oh, well, it could be, but I mean, why, why are the Russians snarky? I mean, you know, that, that's the question we've got to ask ourselves <laughs> in this day and age. Um, <laughs> uh, we have Cameron Rhodes playing Dennis, the clueless social worker and psychologist in the movie. Uh, and he was in The Royal Treatment, uh, Dead, Penny Black, and The Devil Dared Me To. So he's actually been in some, it sounds like some horror movies over there. And we have Ryan Lamp, and that's L-A-M-P-P. So he's got the two P's on his name, who plays Eugene, who's an agoraphobic. Um, <laughs> he was also in The Breaker Uppers and uh, Terry Teo and Crackheads, which is, uh, you know, what my neighbors are here. You know. <laughs> It's okay. We have them here in California, too. Okay, they're everywhere now. <laughs> so the synopsis for the film is a meth-addicted ad- uh, repeat offender is caught trying to steal from an ATM and is sentenced to home incarceration with her mother because in New Zealand, if you've been caught a million times trying to rob and steal to get your meth, they'll just send you back home to mom and dad. Um while under house arrest, she finds out that her mom thinks that her house is haunted, which she immediately writes off as lunacy. And then when Kylie begins experiencing things herself, she begins investigating the prior history of the home and discovers secrets that are much darker than she anticipated. And who's um, going to believe the meth head? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, nobody does. Like, <laughs> she's calling... When, that, that's kind of the plot of the movie. Like, whenever she's actually calling about this stuff, when they have to show up, you know, the police are like... You know, you're, you're full of shit. You know, you're just, a, you know, uh, we don't trust you. And, and she's dealing with that whole movie. It's kind of funny. This was uh, on my agenda to cover for this. And recently, uh, Joe Bob covered this on um, The Last Drive-In. And that was like one of the movies on this newest season that he covered. Um, I, it's pretty funny at times. The only thing is, it's New Zealanders. So, like, their accent can be, I mean, about as bad, I guess, as Appalachian, you know, uh, <laughs> accents can be hard to understand but you know i thought it was okay maybe it's uh you know there's some connection there i don't know but um it's it's weird it's it's not a haunted house movie i'm just gonna spoil it for people it's not it's not that uh there is elements where she's investigating like and there was some bad stuff that happened in the home but that's not what the movie's about it's more along the lines of the people under the stairs if you want to give it that Oh, way. okay, okay. That And that, I mean, I was like, okay, then why are we even talking about this? But okay, that makes sense. 
People Under the Stairs yeah, was the, kind yeah, of underrated Eugene, itself. Um, he, he's a guy living in her walls. Um, that, yeah, it has been there for a long time. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts about real stories of that shit. Um, sometimes by the women who are having their boyfriends live in the walls of the house so that their husbands uh, don't find out. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. Ooh. Back in the day. Back in the day. <clears throat> That's also the uh, the plot behind Encanto. I'm spoiling that one oh, for you, too. Yeah. I have not seen Encanto, but that is not what my son said was the plot. <laughs> well, when you don't talk about Bruno, it's because he's, in the, he's, he's living in the wall beside of you. You don't talk about him because he's right next to you. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, the Nick Cage, the patented Nick Cage rating I'm going to give for this movie is Raising Arizona. It's offbeat humor mixed with darker true crime, makes for an interesting but satisfying mix. I would have no idea. I've seen, I've never seen Raising Arizona. Um, yeah, I'm just going to have to take your word for it. <laughs> it's Raising Arizona is a really weird movie. If I remember, I'm pretty Wait, sure with that's Nick Cohen Cage Brothers in it. Film. No way. Yeah, well, but it's Nick Cage being prime Nick Cage. Oh, I mean, okay. he's, he's not like, you know, it's like, I mean, it, it, it's the time period where he was kind of like, every time you looked at him at this point in his career, he looked like he was stoned and he kind of talked that <laughs> way too. But then like he just came out with weird shit that he would say that it fits the movie though. So, all right. Oh no. Oh no. Sorry. My computer's doing weird stuff. <laughs> Is it is it typing a is it retyping the letter to invite people to your, hou- your house? Apparently, it's clicking <laughs> things on its own. <clears throat> Nothing's happening, so I'm not going to complain. So, whatever. Well, there must be a, a an insane asylum somewhere nearby that's trying to direct you to its location. Something's happening. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I am the thirteenth ghost. The other ones are finally <laughs> trying to communicate with me. It is the haunted like, studio. So, well, that's true. Um. So with that, I guess we can move on to our movie discussions, and I'll start it out by talking about the original film. Thirteen goes. Oh shit, that's loud. <laughs> How do I turn this shit down? There it goes. Let's <laughs> get a get a little mood music. <laughs> Just kidding. So this is Thirteen Ghosts, and this is actually the number thirteen, followed by the word ghost. Uh, How good? How God intended? Okay, everyone. Yes, that this is how English works. Um, it was directed by William Castle. Uh, principal players is Donald Woods, who plays Cyrus or Cyrus, Cyrus. Zorba, uh, who's a poor family man in over his head, inducted into the world of the supernatural. And he's also a French Stewart slash Misha Collins lookalike. So there's that for you if you know what I'm referencing with that. Yes. <laughs> when you sent that to me, I was like, who's French Stewart? And then I was like, oh my God. Yes, he, I remember that. Yes. Uh, he was an actor in over 75 films over Jesus his career. Jesus Christ. Um, he, in the case of the stuttering bishop, he played Perry Mason, which is funny because that, that's not the person you think of when you think of Perry Mason. But, you know, he did play that part. Uh, he was in True Grit. That was one of his big movies. Uh, he was in the Wild Wild West TV show. Not the one with the 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 slapback guy that were you know that, that was, you know <laughs> <laughs> um, lights out uh, episode. Uh, it was a radio drama about supernatural and horror. So he was he actually did radio dramas too. Well, he's got and an it, amazing voice. <laughs> I think he does. 
And he also played in the Charlie Chan films, which I didn't even know existed. And this is hilarious. And this is for throw to, uh, to our uh, uh, listeners out there. It's a it was a Swedish American playing the part the title part of an Asian detective. So just imagine that going over today. Yeah, like like a lead balloon. That's how well that would go over. I mean, he literally they, they and they did the makeup to. I mean, it's it. it it's it's weird, like uh, you know, different times though. So you okay, know, there you go. Uh, wait a second, wait a second. Which do you know which film? Because I have to see this shit. Uh, I just look up Charlie Chan. I mean, you can see. I mean, you he didn't play the part of Charlie Chan, but there was but the guy who played Charlie Chan was like you know a Swedish American. He just played in one of those movies, or actually played in several of those movies. I take that back because he he continuously did Charlie Chan movies. It's like he did one after the other. It was like he was you know it was uh one of those things where you know I guess the directors really liked him. One of those situations. Oh my god! I'm looking right now, but I don't I don't know if I'm gonna find anything because I just want to see. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yes, yes. If I remember right, he kind of looks like the Fu Manchu that they used to do in the Marvel comics, like the old, really bad one that they used to do. This so. one, not so much. If anything, he kind of looks like he almost looks Mexican in the particular one I'm looking at. <laughs> It does get worse over time. Oh, <laughs> gee. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it was kind of funny when I looked at it. I was like, you got to be kidding That's me. That's pretty fucking hilarious, not going to lie. Um, We also have Rosemary DeCamp, who plays Hilda Zorba, who is a wife of sex with furniture and should get a, a medal for putting up with her clueless husband. Uh, yeah, they're taking the furniture again. <laughs> Do, do, do we need furniture? Uh, do you know when we're going to get furniture? Like, is furniture on the agenda? Like, I've never seen a movie that mentions furniture as much as this one in the first few minutes of it. Like, these people are friggin' obsessed. At least they got to keep the mattresses. At least they owned those. Like, sir, look at Cyrus. Get her some egg crates, okay? <laughs> She wanted real furniture, okay? That was her whole argument. She Bitch better get jump. a job. She needs to get a job. This homemaker that. shit is not working. Your husband, you guys have $2 on the bank, okay? Let's let's start having some discussion here. Or she needs to uh she needs to have her a boyfriend in the in the wall, in the wall? that yeah. actually portal. Um she essentially played the Midwestern mother figure uh in a number of films. Like that was her go-to role. Like that's what she played. I guess because she was good at it. I don't know. Uh, and many of those were for Warner Brothers. Uh, her, She had some stints on the Bob Cummings show, and that girl are perhaps her best known. Um, I mean, if Maggie Bitch were a character, it would be her. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> Uh, we have Joe Morrow, who's playing Medea Zorba. Which, Medea? Uh, I'm sorry, I think of Medea, you know? Yeah, well, and here I mean, we got this we little do. tiny little white girl with these like teeny tiny cone shaped boobies that <laughs> I couldn't help but notice. What what I put in the <clears throat> description is an unusually attractive daughter in a family of plain Jane types and eager to dabble in the supernatural. Tell me like, about she it. Really, she really stood out. Like you look at everybody else in her family, and it's like you're not Cyrus's kid. Like I don't care what your mom said. Like that that's not your dad. Well, she had a lot of sex appeal, and I mean. <laughs> 
did you like the first scene of her and her dad together? I think in the house, it's I maybe I was imagining it, but I felt and heard there. sexual tension, and I was like, I, this is an awkward scene. I, there might have been behind the scenes because stuff like that happened, but yeah, I I, I was wondering about she, that. I was like, I wonder if he blinked her outside of the film. <laughs> saying something awful like who's your daddy now or oh, something no no <laughs> maybe <laughs> um she played a number of tv bit parts uh she was in perry mason as well so there you go she was with cyrus at another point okay possibly, so. they were seen together uh she played in dr death oh. the seeker of souls Ooh. uh terminal island an exploitation film that sounds like escape from new york when you read the direct the, the actual description of it it's like you know it's like they're trapped on an island with you know criminals or whatever uh but she left acting for a long time to tend to her deaf daughter Aww. so that's actually pretty honorable i think for her oh yeah definitely uh, and she only came back like really late in her life or whatever, whenever, I mean, her acting career, like it skips almost 20 to 30 years or something. Wow. Uh, Charles Herbert plays Buck Zorba, uh, a leave it to beaver type who is more annoying than Dennis <sighs> the Menace is to Mr. Wilson. Good God. This kid could have had a, this could have been his lifelong character. Uh, if I, annoying little uh, brat was a character. Well, the funny thing is, is that most of his work was a child actor playing this exact part. Okay, I well, mean, there you go. He played in The Fly opposite, you know, or, you know, Vincent Price, the original, and he was in the Twilight Zone TV show, and then the rest of it, he was just being an annoying child actor. Okay, there you go. Hey, find what you're good at, okay? <laughs> we have uh, Martin Milner, who's playing Benjamin Rush, uh, the attorney and greedy psychopath in the movie. And uh, he was at, at, in a lot of Westerns and stuff, which a lot of people, guys at the time were, especially if they had that traditional Hollywood good looks. Um, he played in the gunfight at the OK Corral, uh, Valley of the Dolls, Dragnet, MacGyver. Wow. Um, and he worked all the way from 1947 to 1997. That Jesus is a long Christ. career. Yeah, 50-year-long 50, 50 career. Damn. <laughs> and then we have Margaret Hamilton, who's oh playing God. Elaine Zacharides, and she is the witch and housekeeper. And it's funny because she actually was the witch in the most famous movie probably of all time, The Wizard of Oz. Like you could even miss that, if, unless you're blind, of course. Which you know what's funny is that I watched a, uh, I watched a movie last night, uh, or I, it might have been the night before last. Uh, there was some movies with uh, Davin McGarren, I believe, is his, or McGavin's his name. He's the guy who uh, played Ralphie's dad in A Christmas Story, if you, if you know who I'm talking about there. Yeah. Um, he was in, he was Jack, the Night Stalker, is, is a TV character that he played, and it was like the, it was kind of like the uh, predecessor to the, the X-Files. He was like a, uh, he was just a regular reporter, but he kept getting involved in these supernatural cases. And like the police were always burying the, the, you know, his stories because they couldn't let that actual information get out. And they had a couple of movies that led into the TV show. And i and I got both of them recently and they're actually pretty good. And the funny thing is, is that, uh, Margaret Hamilton shows up in the second one and, uh, she's playing like this occult researcher, uh, professor type in that movie. And it's just funny seeing her again, like, you know, these two movies or whatever. Um, but, you know, uh, funny fact about her, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I was listening to another podcast today and about a movie that she was in and 
apparently she loved kids a lot. Like she adored, absolutely adored kids. But because of her characterization in Wizard of Oz, kids were fucking terrified of her. Like forever. <laughs> oh my god! Scared shit. Um. Well, and the and the funny thing is too is she played uh, that the, that goes along with what the the stuff that I found out about her. She was in a lot of children's programs. She was on Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Yep. She played a character called Margaret H. Witch, which you know, oh my god, that character type. And um, she played on Sesame Street. Uh, she played Mrs. Gulch, which is the character she played in the Kansas version of Oz. She reprised that role for Sesame Street. Wow. Um. I just, I kind of feel bad for her though. I mean, she, it's all because of her looks. Like, I mean, and it's, it's hard not to see that, that look about her once you've seen the Wizard of Oz, but the poor woman, I mean, you know, like it was just like, as soon as somebody looked at her, you're a witch, you look <laughs> like a classic witch. You're never going to have another part besides that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like those Mexican actors that forever play thugs. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's true. Yeah. It's like just because, and I'm surprised that that one actor that's in uh, Ant Man that uh, I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking about really though. Fast, mm-hmm. He he was a he was a thug in every movie up until well, yeah, he's technically a thief in that movie. But I mean, he's he's more <laughs> of a lovable thief in that. He's but he was a thug in every movie that I saw him in prior to that. Oh my god, he's a good. He is a good actor though. <laughs> he is. Um, so the here's my synopsis for this film. Strap in for this one. Okay. A family super obsessed with furniture <laughs> hits it big when their goofy son wishes for a house filled with furniture while blowing out his birthday candles. Some old creepy uh, guy suddenly appears at the door and gives him a letter to a lawyer's office and skedaddles before someone can associate him with this shitty movie. Some ghost and bad visual effects happen. The lawyer turns out to be a scumbag in pursuit of money at all costs. Big stretch there for a lawyer. And the lady who played the Wicked Witch of the West continues to be typecast because of her facial features and resting witch face. Dennis the Menace, I mean Buck, can't keep his mouth shut and tells the family the lawyer's dastardly plan just in time to prevent one of the family from becoming the 13th ghost. We all have a good laugh and share some Mentos. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you didn't miss anything. The only thing I want to know, and I meant to research this, I truly did, was did we get the backstory on the adorable lion in the film? <laughs> the adorable? No, I don't think they had any kind of uh, backstory for any of the characters and the, the ghosts in the movie because they didn't give a shit. Like it was. I'm, let, let's just talk about that. Like those. What did you think of the effects in this movie? Okay. Honestly, for the time, mm-hmm. I still think they're okay. <laughs> I still thought they were okay. Like, they didn't have a lot to work with back then, okay? I know they didn't have a lot to work with, but here's the thing. And I may or may not have you do uh, watch this movie or try to at some point before we're done with this season, but there is a movie that's older than this by a long shot called The Uninvited, and it does a lot better job with the ghostly stuff than this does. Now, it, it went the other route. It didn't have them, like, semi-transparent and that sort of thing. But... um I think if you can't do it properly, and I don't feel like they could, uh, or the, then you should stick to just having the traditional, like they, they just kind of look like, well, and like a ghost waits, you know, the pale face, like the, you know, the, the black makeup around the eyes to make their face look sunken in, you know, that sort of thing. You should go that route a little bit more than, because I'm telling you, like some of these, some of the costumes in this looked like they were not even like 
uh, Spirit Halloween. Brain. No, they looked they looked like they were from Walmart. Uh, after everybody had picked through the rest of the uh, Halloween costumes, and you know what I'm talking about, because you've been there before. You're like, <laughs> got to pick something up, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And it's it's trash. Okay, it's pure trash. Okay, but to be fair, this was the 50s, going into the 60s. Okay, you got people that are probably already experimenting with psychedelics. Okay, <laughs> as it is. But that aside, even if you didn't, you had the plain Jane cookie cutter, purebred, you know, pure of heart. These kids barely attending church every Sunday, okay? Not allowed any, not even allowed to listen to what's considered rock and roll music back then. This shit was scary to them. This shit was amazing, you know? Uh, And then you got the weird, the people like us who were probably like the outcasts of this time by far (laughs) because of the weird shit that we were into, you know? Acting like I'm from that time, I am not. But had we... yeah, you're talking about the greaser tops, the ones with the leather jackets and the slick back hair and like not even you know, that, just into weird and... shit, you know? Like <laughs> and you know what's funny about that, these judgy motherfuckers, is that not long before that in the forties and the thirties, people would go to fucking murder scenes for fun and have a picnic at the murder sites. Like, you know? Well, it wasn't long before that that people actually went to public executions with True. popcorn and other things and actually enjoyed those. So, yeah, it's we, it kinda, we like to think of the every time we think of the past and we think of it being like this, you know, sugar coated cookie cutter type thing. We think of the 50s. We don't think of the time before and the time after. We think in the 50s were a weird time. That was mm-hmm. like the only time in history that shit went like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to say something. What's that? The Lion Ghost has a backstory. Oh, my God. I what is found it? it. It's on fandom. 13ghostfandom.com. It's called The Lion Ghost. Uh, he was the 10th of the 12 ghosts, by the way. So he was even considered one of the ghosts. Uh, to be imprisoned in the mansion by Dr. Plato Zorba. <clears throat> oh, my God. They have a biography. Uh, his life. The lion lived at the circus in New York City and would participate in Shadrach the Great stunts. And Shadrach the Great was the 11th ghost, I believe. Yes. I'm going to go with 11th, okay? Either the 9th or the 11th, okay? Whatever. <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, he would participate Plato was in... the 12th ghost. Yes, so, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, that would make sense. Um, and he would participate in Shadrach, eh, Shadrach the Great's stunts by allowing Shadrach to insert his head into the lion's mouth without the lion biting it. One day, however, the lion did bite Shadrach's head off. An unknown length of time later, the lion died of unknown causes. Uh, <clears throat> in probably life, choked to death on his head. <laughs> probably. That's what I was thinking. Uh, appearance. In both life and death, the lion looks like a perfectly normal lion. Boo. Um, after death, following the death, the lion's spirit remained on earth and unable to move on due to unresolved issues like he swallowed his best friend's head. Just saying. During Dr. Zorba's travels around the world, he met and captured the lion ghost and imprisoned it in his mansion along with the ghost of Shadrach, whom it killed in October of 1898. Where is this story coming from? Somebody took the time. Straight out of their ass if you want to know the first. Hey, don't pretend it's not a good story. It's better than what we got from the movie, okay? This is some shit right here. When Dr. Zorba was murdered and became the 12th ghost, Cyrus Zorba and his family moved into the mansion. We already know this. One day when Buck explores the cellar and finds Shadrick Top Hat and a pair of spectral viewers, the lion ghost and the ghost of the headless Shadrick appear, with Shadrick looking out of the lion's mouth for his head. Oh, looking into the lion's mouth. Yes, yeah, so it did swallow it. 
The lion ghost and the other 11 ghosts presumably crossed over when... This is a spoiler alert. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Go when ahead. Benjamin Rush died and became the 13th Ooh. ghost. Ooh, where's the music? Where's the music? Where's the music? There we go. Disney is going to fuck us over. I hope they at least put it in the press that we use their music and that they made us take our stuff down. Um... So let's talk about <clears throat> those glasses for a second. Two things about them. Spectral now, viewers. Kind of What's that? Spectral viewers. Okay, the That's spectral what viewers. It said on the Lion the Ghost thing, okay? The illusion Um So it was kind of cool. So apparently, if you had those glasses in the theater when this was released, that was the only way you could see some of the ghosts. Oh, so that's kind of cool. cool. If it worked that way. I'm just going by what they said. The other thing is... In Legend movie, says... <laughs> In the movie, it plays very dumb, very dumb. Like you're sitting there, you're watching either the kid Buck or Cyrus look out of these glasses that look ridiculous on them, and they look like they're, they don't know what they're supposed to be reacting to, and they look like they're constipated all at the same time. It's kind of like look like, like. And, and you're just waiting. It's like, is the bowel movement going to occur? Do you need some laxatives? What is wrong with you right now? I mean, that that's what you see in this. It's it's for long stretches of the movie, too. It's like zoomed in on their face. That's all you can see. It's just like. <laughs> you know, like, and, and then it goes back to this horrible, like, you know, ghost effect. I, it's it's laughable. Very laughable. Why you got to be so judgy? <laughs> Because I couldn't believe how bad this was. I was expected to have, and the music in this, it's got that. Fucking it, this, terrible. The, what I remember from the music in this movie is that it was like this weird, shitty knockoff of like all the sitcoms of that time period. That like real. Oh, yeah. The circus. Well, I guess the circus music went with the lion. So I guess that makes sense. But it was pretty, even that it was very, it really threw you off for the mood of the film. It It was not scary at all. It was like. It was too lighthearted through most of the movie. The only time that I think it got like a sinister beat to it was whenever uh, the the lawyer dressed up as the, which is one of the only effects in the movie that kind of stands out a little bit when he dressed up as the corpse and tries to fill up, you know, the Medea's tits or whatever that he tries to do in the movie. Her cone-shaped titties. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, she, those underwires, I mean, they, you know, that's, they, she had to do what she had to do with them. But anyways, like there was a little bit of sinister undertone when he was like marching around in that outfit and, you know, covered in the dust and all that. But that was the only time I really remember there being any threatening music at all in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any. Other than, and then other... with the, the wind blowing every time the wind fucking blew everyone's wigs off. Maybe that scene where the creepy guy appears at their door. Maybe that scene that that was about, and and that yeah. guy's makeup was actually decent. He yeah. he looked kind of creepy. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he, I'll for give sure. him that. Um, I don't know. What, throw out what you want to say about the <laughs> what you want to say about the movie, because I mean that's my gist of this movie is a bunch of people reacting to stuff that's not there and looking really really lame. Um. Okay. Well, you just got done reviewing and discussing like some rom coms earlier or horror rom-coms and mm -hmm. and this was almost like a, a horror comedy if you will because i was laughing a lot mm -hmm. re-watching this um I, it's still enjoyable that's to the me, thing though. though was it supposed to be it might have been not it supposed been. to be but it was 
And I still got enjoyment out of it. And I was looking at the ghost and I was like, okay, yes, this is cheesy. And this soundtrack needs to fucking go. The people in the, in the chant. Okay, did it sound like they were having ghost-like orgies to you? Yeah, like yeah. especially the scene where the fire appeared and, and they were like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. It's like, what, what is what happening are you doing over there? You guys okay? I you mean, cool? I, I know that the Italian chef's, you know, wife was probably, you know, getting it on because that was the whole reason why he killed her, but. Yeah, it, it sounded like a lot of ghost orgies, um, a lot of confusion, you know, which I guess could go with being ghosts. But anyways, that being said, uh, yeah, the, the sounds were horrible. But other than that, I still got some enjoyment out of watching this film. More laughter than anything. Probably shouldn't have been laughing because it was supposed to be quotation marks scary, you know. If this movie was done by Rift Tracks, I would really oh, watch it again. Oh, my God. I would absolutely watch it on Rift Tracks. We could probably riff this movie. We, yeah, we probably should for a Patreon because I think that would be worth doing. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it would be so horrible. The, <clears throat> especially the Chef Boyardee Italian chef or whatever. Like, I don't understand. Like, that was the most racist stereotype <laughs> of, a, of an Italian person. It's like, couldn't they? I mean, I guess they couldn't tone it down because they had to make it stand out enough for you to say, oh, yeah, he's definitely Italian with that big mustache that extended out farther than the Swedish chefs does in the Muppets, but, you know. I bet you back then it sold it, though. Uh, well, I mean, if they got Charlie Chan on the scene, then surely to God they didn't give a crap about, you know, uh, any Italian stereotypes, so. I want to know what the deal was with the, were they, what were they? Were they, am I saying it wrong, paleontologists? Were they paleontologists? <laughs> I, I couldn't get that. I think they were, they were either that or they were, like, I, th I think the one guy might have been a straight-up paleontologist. I think Cyrus was just like the guy that they hired to go out and deal with the the plebs that come in, you know, that came in the place or whatever, and you know, kind of uh, walked around. And it was like, okay, go out there and entertain the group while we actually do research on. Real yeah, it, yeah, okay, that's exactly what I got. But <laughs> that guy developed an accent during one of the scenes where he was talking about what he was reading in the Latin book. He went from speaking perfect English to like having this really horrible. Fake it was like accent, Eastern European, or something. yeah, yeah and I was weird. like, "Did yeah. I catch that? What am I hearing right now? Am I stroking out? Did I?" Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'm glad you caught that because I'm like, "What is he going for?" Because prior to this, you were not speaking with an accent at all, not in any no, scene. He was, he was speaking with that traditional American accent that they always did in the '50s. You know, the not quite the uh, news talky accent they did like in, or the Atlantic accent they did back in the forties, which was really weird. Like, I don't understand why that was even a thing, but yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So, well, I can go into trivia if you want me to cover some of that before we move on to the actual, the, the remake. Well, I got all the trivia I needed cause I found the lion information. So you can <laughs> do whatever you want to do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yes, no, right, let's go cool. into, wait, are we going to review all of them at the end? Or are we going to review this separately? It's, I uh, mean. We'll do them both at the end, like okay. our overall ratings of them. All right, that sounds good. But yes, so, go into trivia, uh, please. The exterior of the Cyrus Zorba house uh, that the family inherits is, uh, in reality, the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh, I've been there. San Jose, California. Yes. Um, this is not the main entrance street view, but is one from the other many entrances of the house. Uh, notice the handrail running up the middle of the steps so that it's easier and safer for public use. Yeah, they have a lot of that uh, now when you go. 
I walked through the house, and granted, I don't know if there's a better tour to take. I swear we were done in a very short amount of time. That's um, always how it is with those things. And the amount of safety stuff they had, I was like, who caused us to need this? Because there wasn't, other than the fact that she had little steps because she had arthritis, mm-hmm. you know, to get around, that made sense. And I can understand railings to kind of help you not fall because these steps were the most awkward and tiniest things ever. That made sense. But the other areas, it'd be like there's just this random railing, you know, and it's, it just, a lot of things didn't make sense. And it wasn't anything that was put by the previous builders. This were like by the people that were like, please, we don't want you to get hurt in this spooky house. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, that we went and did a tour of the Waverly uh, Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. Lucky. Uh, yeah, well, the thing about that is, is we were lucky in the sense that at the time we did it, they were like renovating. So like you got to see it closer to what it was prior to like any kind of, you know, handrail and installation or anything yeah but they took you on tour groups of like 30 it's hard to get scared when there's 30 people you know oh no i hate that when we go into actual haunted houses and there's a group of people all of a sudden my hair's getting pulled back and i'm being pulled into the darkness waiting for people to go away (laughs) yeah and they're they're all like everybody was like oh my god did you see that and like you're like what the hell you know like it it was just so much commotion going on i was like we're not gonna see shit you know this entire time you guys are scaring all the ghosts away, you motherfuckers. <laughs> They're very sensitive. Hush. <laughs> uh, several people call Elaine Zacharides, played by Margaret Hamilton, a witch. Uh, Margaret is even carrying a broom when she is first seen, uh, <laughs> which Charles points out. And, of course, she played the Wicked Witch of the, of the West. Um, William Castle was able to get popular child actor Charles Herbert. See, he was popular. So, oh, I mean, <laughs> okay. Never heard of that fucker, but go off. Uh, to play Buck by offering him uh, to give him top billing. Uh, Charles Herbert would appear in this and two other features in this year before roles and, fe- and features completely dried up for him. Uh, he would complete his uh, career in television roles. So this was the last year that old Buck Zorba, you know, Charles Herbert got really to enjoy his, uh, his time there because it was actually his last feature film. So there you go. <laughs> uh, this film was released in 1960 in 1960 in a 1960 episode of leave it to beaver. Older brother Wally mentioned seeing a haunted house movie with about 15 ghosts running around. So I think it's, and I didn't even know this, so it's funny that I, you know, I called it like a Leave it to Beaver type thing and Leave it to Beaver actually referenced this movie. <laughs> the Lion Ghost is the same lion who was Kitty Cat on the Adams Family television series. Aww, he was a star. Zamba. Zamba. Aww. He appeared in numerous movies and TV shows. That was not in the Ghost Lion wiki. <laughs> the creepy little man who delivers the telegram is played by David Hoffman, who horror busts remember for his appearances as the head inside the crystal ball and the inner sanctum movies. Um, never seen them, so I can't, yeah. I can't verify that. I'm like, nope. No, don't the know. spinning flame effects uh, shown as a ghost uh, was used as an incorporeal, uh, incorporeal alien being on the popular TV show Star Trek. So oh. they use that same shitty spinning fire effect on Star Trek. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> William Castle uh, filmed this movie 
be uh, an illusiono, and a special viewer, viewer was needed to see the ghost. This resulted in a number of sources incorrectly stating the film was originally shown in 3D. The ghost viewers contained a red filter and a blue filter, but unlike 3D viewers and glasses, both eyes would look through the same color filter. The red filler filter would cause the ghost images to intensify, while the blue would cause the images to fade. Hmm. Okay. So, so that would be kind Hearsay. of Hearsay. Would... Hearsay. <laughs> <laughs> but that is all the, uh, the the trivia that's fit to speak about this this lovely movie. So uh, I guess we'll go into the uh, much improved remake. Yes, and no, no Grim Grinning Ghost music for this one because it actually had better music. Yes. Uh, this was 13 Ghost, T-H-I-R, the number 13, E-N, Ghost. The way Satan intended. <laughs> uh, do you want me to cover this and you can just kind of chime in as you as you like on as this a, one? Yes, yes, yes. Let me be the uh, peanut gallery over here. Uh, so this was uh, released in 2001, uh, which doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was. Uh, directed by Steve Beck, music by John Frizzell which it does have a lot better music, so we'll give John his credit on this one. Yeah. Uh, principal players. I'm going to give top billing to Matthew Lillard because he makes this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays Dennis Rathkin, uh, who is a psychic and um, pretty much the only person in the movie who uh, has got the right idea, which is to get the hell out of Dodge while you can. Uh, he was obviously in Scream. Anybody who's you know a horror buff knows that. Uh, he was also in Scream Two, Scream Four, uh, and Scream Two Thousand Twenty Two, which I did not realize is uncredited roles. So he is appearing in these movies randomly, and and I'm not even seeing him. Wait, are you serious? Did you go back and try to look? Because I was like, spoiler alert me now. Like not alert me, but spoil me. I want to know where where he was because I never finished. The most recent scream. I didn't see him in that movie. I kept because <clears throat> the thing was is it, it's hinted that he's going to be the killer. Now it might be the fact that it showed like that scene. I, what I, that's what it was. I think in Scream twenty twenty two, it might have been the fact that like maybe there was like well no because they were they were watching stab. I was thinking that maybe like they were trying to say that or but maybe he was playing in the stab movie. Like they're watching stab, like you know in that scene where you know like. Uh, uh, Jamie Kennedy's character is like watching the TV and then like, you know, uh, Stu comes up behind him and, you know, goes to stab him and he doesn't realize he's behind him. And then in, in the actual movie, 2022, the same thing's happening to Jamie Kennedy's, you know, niece or whatever. So, oh, okay. um, might be that scene, but anyways, they're hinting that he's going to be in the next one. He's going to play a big role because he's, he, he never died in the original screen. They, they technically, they saved him, you know, before he bled out. So, Oh Yeah. So he is theorized to be the killer or have some kind of, well, he probably won't be the killer. He'll probably have some, he'll be the red herring of the movie. Probably. Hmm, okay. Um, he's, he's obviously Scooby or in Scooby-Doo movies because what? he is, the, he is the voice of Shaggy now. So no. I did not know this information at all. <laughs> he, it's amazing how great of a version of Shaggy he does whenever you consider Casey Kasem was the original and he yeah. sounds like as every bit as good as Casey did. Um, and he's been the voice of Shaggy in nearly every animated film for Scooby-Doo, uh, including Scooby natural. Yeah. So that's awesome. That, yeah. I didn't realize he he did the part in Scooby natural. He's like got a job for life with that. Like he could he, live his entire <laughs> life doing that now. Comfortably. I, 
I think he's happy with doing that. Like he legit loves that character. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's got to be one of the. I'm sorry, that's got to be one of the easiest gigs, you know? Well, it, yeah, it would be to an extent, but I mean, the thing about voice actors is that a lot of people don't give them credit. They they've got to show all their acting range in their voice. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing that bothers me about, and, and we've discussed this in the in the Scooby group today, uh, that new trailer for uh, She-Hulk. That's the thing that worries <laughs> me about that movie is because it's all going to be – the actress they hired, uh, and I can't, I can't pronounce her name, but uh, the one that they hired that's from Orphan Black, she is an amazing actress. That show is amazing, Orphan Black is. But her, but she's a traditional actor. Like, you, you know, she uses her face, her, you know – uh, you know, her body language, you know, you don't get that when you're playing a CGI character. Now they might've mocap some of her movements, yeah. but like, it's going to be hard. I mean, she's going to have to still like, you know, do a lot of voice acting to get that character across. And maybe she, and some, some actors can step up to that, you know, and do that. Andy circus does it really well. But, um, but I mean, it, it's a skill that not all actors have. And it's, and sometimes you really notice it when they take like an actor, like say Tom Cruise, and then they say, just do voice acting, you know, and, and like, that's not the type of actor he is. Like yeah. he's not good at, at doing that. No. Um, Tatiana Maslany, um, she, who is playing a uh, She-Hulk attorney at law, which is it uh, kind of ironic that she kind of resembles Johnny Depp's attorney right now. Are you serious? Just a smidge. <laughs> not, not, I mean, like, not identical, but they got the same dark, thick hair. You know, they, they, they have resemblances for sure. Like a quick glance, and you could be like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Tatiana's not very, she's not ugly. So, well, and the thing about, <clears throat> did you ever watch Orphan Black? Do you know, did Mm-mm. you ever see that show? No. She played, it's, a, it's just, it's, spoiler alert, it's a show about clones and like she, and she doesn't realize she's a clone until she starts like, you know, being chased by the government and like she starts interfacing with her, their cloned identities. And, and like, she plays all these different like versions of the same character, but she does enough differences that you can clearly tell which ones are which. Yeah. And that's like why she's such a good actress, you know, cause that's really tough to, to give that much of a spin to the same character. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, um, getting back to Matthew, though, he was also in Twin Peaks, and he was also in Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. So there you go. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we have Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, I'm giving her second billing because she was big at this time. Oh, my God. Playing, was she? Playing Kathy Criticos. Uh, obviously, she was Nadia in the American Pie movies, and everybody of, of my age, every guy of my age, knows Nadia. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. We did not have Nadias in our high school, by the way. That was not a thing. Everyone wished no. they had a Nadia at their high school. No, and it's funny, though, because that movie came out in 99 when I graduated. I'm, I'm dating myself here, but it's, it, and it's, but like, I mean, like they graduated, we graduated. So that's kind of like, I mean, you know, that's a big movie for like, oh, yeah. other people. Our generation. But I was 2000, so I'm yeah. not, I'm right behind you. Um, uh, she was also in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, and in the reboot. Uh, she, uh, she, like boo boo kitty fuck i think is what jay calls yes <laughs> which i just watched mall rats again last night i love that movie uh, there's that guy who plays tc in that movie this is a tangent he's like really stiff and got some of the worst dialogue delivery in the movie but uh jason lee who plays brody is like he kills it and then oh of course jane silent bob love it you know uh 
she was also in Scary Movie. You know, uh, she was in that. And then she was in the Night of the Demons remake. And that's actually a pretty decent remake. Like, I mm-hmm. watched that, like, last Halloween on uh, Amazon Prime thinking, you know, because I, I like the original 80s one. But I figured this was going to be some trash knockoff, like, the early 2000s thing. She's she's really good as like the the main actress slash demon in that movie. She does a really good job in that. Oh, spoiler alert! She's a demon. Well, we I just mean, got if, if that. You, if you've seen the original movie, she I mean she becomes one. So yeah, um, um, yeah, that sounds we're, and definitely something we're gonna have to review during uh, demon season. I love the sound yes. of that. <laughs> I'm gonna mess up and say uh, something like demon semen or something, you know. The this demon semen, uh, yeah, that that would be awful. Uh, there's probably a movie with demon semen in it. We'll probably have to review that. At yeah, some point. Attack of the Bees, I'm sure. <laughs> oh no, we'll have we'll have our con- guest contributor. Oh yeah, first. he'll watch that one. Hold on, now I'm now I'm uh now I'm <laughs> googling. I know I'm doing the devil's work right now, but um, you're go- you're going to have some weird Google searches after this. Well, Donald Trump is what came up. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, Vanity Fair did an article in 2020 about what we can really learn from Trump's demon sperm. Uh, <laughs> hence, what demon semen. All right. That's where Google took me. Well, we, we know how they're steered politically, so we'll move on from that. Yes. Uh, she was also, and I I've, I've want to watch this movie. This recently came out from Scream Factory with a, a 4K release, uh, the movie Cursed. It was like early 2000s. Uh, Wes Craven werewolf movie that stars Christina Ricci and Jesse uh, Eisenberg. Like I think is one of the uh, is the other main actor in that. Um, I never I never heard of it. I never saw it. So, are you looking at me at what I've? <laughs> no, like have you seen it? No, but I found a movie. Oh my god, what is it? It's called Semen Demon. It's a Japanese Demon. film. Yes. Well, you you need to save that. He can find it if it's available on the, the internet. He can probably find it. Yes, I'll. Uh, I will. Um, I will send it into the Scooby Gang. Okay, moving on to what we're supposed to be doing right now. Um, <clears throat> so she was in the movie Cursed, and she was also in the Twilight Zone TV series that yes. came out in two thousand two. And I've never seen Cursed because I know you asked me that. Um. Tony Shalhoub uh, plays Arthur Criticos, the grieving father slash uh, struggling to support, uh, who's also struggling to support the family. Uh, started out, I mean, the first thing I ever saw him on was Wings. We've yeah. had that discussion on the podcast before. Uh, he was, everybody knows him for months. Yes. I mean, if they know him from anything. Uh, he was also a really good part of Galaxy Quest. And uh, he's on The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is on Amazon. Is that good? Uh, Have you he, seen it? What's that? Have you seen that one? The Marvelous no, Miss Okay, I've heard lots of good things about it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, he was in the movie Cars. Uh, he was in the movie 1408, which is the Stephen King film about the haunted room. Ooh. And he was also in Adam's Family Values. All right. Oh, my God. Uh, we have Rod Digger. Rod Digger. <laughs> who's playing Maggie Bess, the nanny that is tired of this shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> She was the only thing I ever saw her in was Queens of Hip Hop and the Hip Hop Witch. All righty, so there you go. Um, and then we have, and there's a reason for that, but we'll get in the, into it. Uh, and then we have F. Murray Abraham, who plays Cyrus Criticos, who is a paranormal researcher slash explorer slash asshole, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been in everything. Yeah, um, 
He is the voice for Moon Knight, the Conchu uh, that that speaks to Moon Knight. He's that voice in the current he, series. The current series. Yeah. All right. He uh, was in Last Action Hero. He was in Amadeus, Scarface. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> Amadeus. He was in a uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Serpico, Mimic. Jesus I mean, Christ! Like, if you I, you could you could sit there all day and list movies he's in. Like he's one of those characters. He just he's been in everything. Um, you have M. Beth Davids, uh, who plays Kalina Otrezia, who is a member of the spirit reclamation business. <laughs> and I, and I put question mark, is that a PETA for ghost? Like, I don't understand. Like they're, they're all about you. You can't harvest the, the dead. They, they have rights. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. And I was like, I mean, I get what she's saying. She's not entirely wrong. It's not that they have rights. I mean, they do have the right. They have the right to fucking fuck you up. If they are released from whatever, you know, trap they're in. But other than that, I mean, doing it for the fact that you're like, okay, you shouldn't do this because you're going to get hurt. That's one thing. Doing it because the ghosts have rights. Totally different concept. Yeah, I don't. That's the weirdest part of this movie. But we'll talk about it a little bit in our discussion. Um, she plays the uh, spoiler alert. She's the secret lover to Cyrus. Just so you know. Ooh. Uh, she was in the Amazing Spider-Man one and two, uh, Schindler's List, uh, Bicentennial Man, Mansfield Park, Army of Darkness. She, uh, I believe, she played the the main actress that Ash falls in love with in that movie. All right. Um, and uh, she was in the movie Old by M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong that just came <laughs> out. And um, we have J.R. Bourne who's playing Benjamin Moss, who is a uh, lawyer and a money grubbing thief. Same difference, uh, you know. Who looked uh, kind of similar to the first lawyer. They did a pretty good job. They do, but Jr. unfortunately has the worst case of male resting bitch face I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like, I brought this up to a co-worker, and, and she couldn't deny that I was right about this. Like, you see his face. He looks like he's perpetually pissed off. Even when he smiles, he looks like he's, he's mad about the fact that he's smiling. <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. Hold on, because, yes, oh, my God, he does. <laughs> oh, my God, his death scene was amazing. Uh, yes, and we'll discuss that, too. Uh, he He's in the, he's a really good character in that, that MTV series, Teen Wolf. Like, that, that series went off the rails, but, like, the first three seasons is really good, and he plays kind of like this family of hunters that's in that show. So, and they're not the good guys, by the way, at least not at first. Um, he played in the, he's going to be in the Mayans MC, that new spinoff of the uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um, okay. Uh, he was in the exorcism of Emily Rose. He was Who in the was Butterfly he in that? Two. What? Who was he in the exorcism of Emily Rose? I've seen that a few times. I, I've not watched enough to tell you, so okay. you'll have to Google that. Interesting. Um, and he was in the movie Ginger Snaps Back. That's oh, the God. one where, on, where they go back in time to the 1800s, I believe. And he was in a movie called Severed. Um, Which is what we, happened to him in this film? It, yeah, the, <laughs> he had a splitting headache after this film. But um, uh, <laughs> we have Alec Roberts playing Robert Bobby Criticos, who's a little rapscallion and drama focal point and the emotional bait in the movie. And the only thing that this poor kid has ever done otherwise is a movie called Traffic, and hopefully he wasn't playing in it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, he was better in this film than the previous kid. Like he wasn't. He was better than Buck, but that's not saying anything because literally this kid had no point. Like we get. He he doesn't like. I'm sorry. He has no point in this movie. Yeah, because he disappears for like a good huge chunk of the movie, <laughs> and, and then you're kind of glad he's gone. I just now realized yeah, that. Yeah, you're glad he's gone, but then when he reappears, it's like, oh yeah, that fucker's in this movie. Oh, that's, that's what Arthur's been. They crying didn't kill about you. Entire time. Damn, we could have had a thirteen <laughs> ghosts already. 